0: He said, your value comes from being chosen. And so the message title for tonight is The Price of Being Picked. The Price of Being Picked. I want to let you know that you are God's first choice, not his last choice. He picked you first. And I'm going to show you how I know this to be true in the scriptures. Because as I started this series, I want to remind you, you are called. You are chosen. I know you may think, Pastor Will, this is getting repetitive, but I know when you go home, when you go to school, when you get on social media, you are reminded of things you are not. They say things about you that you are not, and what I want to do is when you come here is remind you of who you are. You are called, appointed, set apart, selected. You are handmade and handpicked by God. You are, in fact, chosen. 1 Peter 2.9 says it this way. You are chosen people. In fact, another translation says you have been chosen by God himself. Now, for some of you, you wrestle with this. You're like, Pastor Will, I don't know if I really believe that I was chosen by God himself. Well, I, I don't know another way for it to say it to you other than I believe the scriptures to be true. I believe the entirety of scripture. I believe there are no errors in it. And so when God's word says you were chosen by God himself, I choose to believe it. And I hope that you will as well. Why is that, Pastor Will? Because our value is revealed in the fact that God chose you. In the fact that he not only chose you, guess what? He continues to choose you. Every single day he picks you. Every single day that you wake up, you are already on his mind because he doesn't sleep. His eyes are forever on you. Every day, every moment, every second, when we should choose him, he continues to choose us. The price of being picked the owner adds value to ordinary things but i also want to let you know that just as much as him pick, there's a price of being picked i want you to know this truth that sin has a cost and this is what sin is sin is when you choose pleasure over the sun sin is when you choose what you want most for what you need most it's sin is missing the target it's pursuing things that you shouldn't pursue sin has a cost but salvation also has a cost, and it doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't cost you anything to be saved, but it costs God his son. It doesn't cost us, but it costs God everything. And it costs him so much, that. and it's so, it's so beautiful to me that he continues to pick us. Why? Because he, he had to give himself in the form of his son so that we might become sons and daughters. This is how he picks you. And I know you may be thinking, Pastor Will, I've heard this before. I've heard this message before. I've heard the good news before. And if you didn't know, that's what gospel means it means good news. Well, I don't care how many times you heard the good news, it may be old news, but it's still good news. We got to settle this in our heart. Why is this, Pastor Will? Because there's a price to being picked, there's a cost to being chosen. In fact, I want to say it this way. The value of anything is determined that your boy has, Lindsay's making me sell everything. Literally, I've been going through some old shoes when preparation for Lucy, Lindsay's making me sell everything. I'm just kidding. We're choosing to sell some things that we want to, you know, we want to have a safe space, a beautiful space for our baby girl. And uh, I've been selling a thing I love. I love shoes, if you haven't noticed. And Uh, I just sold a pair of shoes earlier this week for $200. Yes. So the value of something is determined by what someone is willing to pay for it. Guess how much your boy paid for it? Nothing. So (laughs) why am I telling you this? Because there is a price to being picked. And I think the price that we need to keep in mind is that we were bought for a price. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, you do not belong to yourself for God bought you with a high price. He bought you with a high price. What am I telling you? Point number one, please write this down. You cost the blood of Jesus. If you're ever struggling with your value, if you're ever struggling with your worth, if you're ever struggling with your identity, your image, your idea of self, some insecurities, I want you to keep in mind this truth. You cost the blood of Jesus. Pastor Will, what do you mean by this? I'm going to explain, but just settle that right now. Your value is measured not in diamonds, not in pearls, not in gold, not in land, not 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 in houses, not in clothing, not in opinions, not in likes, comments, views, follows, shares, not in any of those things. The thing that measures your value is the blood of Jesus. That's how valuable you are. That's how God measured your worth. Because I need you to understand this: you're the treasure you are the prize. You are the reward. There's a verse in Hebrews says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. What joy is this? It was the joy of knowing that he would one day see you in heaven, see you in eternity as his sons and daughters. You're the prize. You're chosen. And he, he didn't steal you. He didn't just choose you. He bought you. He purchased you. He left divinity, entered humanity, entered humanity to buy back what was already his. This is what I find interesting amongst today's culture, amongst today's society, even amongst myself. This is the thing that I find the most interesting that we have, we have a problem giving God back what belongs to him. We have a a issue with surrender. Young people, I'm not just talking about you. I'm also talking about our leaders. I'm talking about ourselves. I'm talking about your parents. I'm talking about your teachers. I'm talking about the world. We have this real, this temptation, this struggle to give God back what already belongs to him. It's my life and I want to do with it what I want to. It's my plans. I want to go where I want to go. I want to go to college where I want to go to college. I want to do what I want to do with my life. I want to spend my money how I want to spend my money. I want to make decisions on my own. It's this age-old issue that everybody thinks they're in control, and we wrestle to give God back what's already his. Galatians 3.13, Christ bought us with his free as in sin. Pastor Will, what do you mean? But free from sin. Not free to sin, free from sin. Pastor Will, what do you mean? Free as in cheap? No, free as in you have freedom. He set you free. Free as in he bought us so that you might be set free. Free from the price of sin. Free from the consequences of sin. Free from death and hell. That is, that, that is the ultimate joy that we have as believers. I don't know about you, but that is the ultimate joy that I have in my heart. That I'm free from the consequences of sin and death and the grave. That Jesus thought enough of me to set me free from a bondage and an eternity separated from him. And he gave us a free will so that you could choose whether or not you want his free gift. He gave you a free will so you could choose whether or not you want his free gift. That is how generous he is. He just constantly gives you free things. There's a verse in the Bible that says the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. That means if he spoke it over you, he won't take it back. That means everything that God gave you, he doesn't give it to you and then take it back. He gives you a choice, but he wants you to choose him because he's already chosen you. And this is what we get to do. This is is the decision you ultimately get to make tonight. I already said it. I already built the message. I've already stated it at the beginning. Every person in this room, you get to make a decision. Every single person. You may be thinking, Pastor Will, what's the decision? It's simple. It's easy. It's the gospel. It's the good news. It's the Bible. You get to choose Jesus or your sin. That's as simple as it is. In fact, I'll make it simpler. You get to choose heaven or hell. You get to choose. Let me tell you how good our God is. God is so good that he doesn't send people to hell. You choose it. Free will. It's a price. There is a price to being picked. He's so generous that he gives you the choice whether or not or where you want to spend your eternity. And for some of you, you may be thinking, Pastor Will, I'm so far beyond that. I, I can't. I, I got my whole life to live. The, the life that you think you have all the time in the world to live is nothing but a vapor. <laughs> if you'll indulge me, I remember being 16. In my mind, it was yesterday. Like, it just it happened that fast. I remember being young. I remember when I first learned to drive. I i, I remember a lot of my firsts. I, I don't remember when I first started walking, but I remember a lot of my firsts. I remember sitting in youth services like you. I remember sitting, listening to a youth pastor preach, thinking I would love for him to get done so that I can hang out. I remember going to a youth service, as I told you two weeks ago, waiting for him to get done with the message so that I could play basketball. I had nothing on my mind but what I wanted, not knowing that there was a price to being picked. I know this may seem like a silly, overused illustration, but I I just think it fits so well. I can remember as a kid, and my mom, I love my mom, any mama's boys in the room, just okay. Uh, stretching like I still am I've always been that way And I remember as a kid, I remember my mom stretching, like stretching out her arms saying, I love you this much. I remember her doing it all the time. And I remember being a little kid. I was always trying to stretch and my arms were never as long as hers because clearly she was an adult. I was a kid. So I started having to make up things and I was stretched from the couch. I'm like, I love you from this pillow to this pillow. And I just kept doing it. I kept doing it. And Pastor Mark gave this illustration Sunday. But when Jesus was on the cross, he literally says, I love you this much. And he still communicates the same thing. I believe that is the reason why we worship. It's not just a sign of surrender. It's saying, God, I love you this much, that I'll be vulnerable in front of people, that I'll sing songs about you in front of people, that I'll worship you. I'll lift my hands in front of people because I love you this much. That is why you go public with your faith in baptism. It's saying, I'm, being, I'm, I'm confessing an outward, I'm outward confession of an inward commitment that I love you this much. When you go to church, you're saying, I love you this much. When you invite your friends to church, you're not inviting them to a moment. You're inviting them to a movement. You're inviting them into something to say, I love you this much, that I don't want you to spend an eternity separated from my God. And so we need to be at a place where we say, God, I love you this much. There is a price to being picked. It was the highest price that's ever been paid for anything. Again, we talked about value. You are the value of the highest thing that was ever paid for. You, you, you cost the blood of Jesus. You are the most expensive thing on the earth. You, fully, fully exposed, he said, I want to buy them. You cost the blood of Jesus. And we see over and over again in the teaching of Jesus where he consistently communicates to his people, where he makes it clear that following him comes with a cost. In fact, for some of you that don't read your Bible, I'm going to tell you a few examples. We, were, we were, excuse me, we read one of them earlier. If you want to follow me, you have to deny yourself and take up your cross. Here's another one. If you want to follow me, you, ha- you will have no home. And he even says this. He says, let the spiritual dead bury their own. There literally was a story where Jesus, somebody, Jesus was on his way walking somewhere. This rando, this person yells out, I'll follow you anywhere you go. And Jesus looks at him and says, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. In other words, I ain't got nowhere to sleep. You still want to follow me? And then another person turns, he's like, I'll follow you, but first let me go bury, let me go bury my father. Jesus looks at him and says, let the dead bury their own dead. Could you imagine? Jesus, I'll follow you. I'll go wherever you go. But first, let me go to my dad's funeral. And him, cold, stoic, let the dead bury their own dead. But come and follow me. There's a price to following Jesus. One time, Jesus even said this, eat my flesh and drink my blood or you have no life in me. Now, he literally wasn't talking about taking a bite out of him. He was talking about what we do now as communion to understand the price of. Please write this down. Salvation is free, but it isn't cheap. Salvation is free, but it's not cheap. It's free. It's not cheap. First Timothy 2 6. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. First Peter, chapter one, verses 18 through 20. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which loses their value. Gold, silver, diamonds, they lose value. But it was the precious blood of Jesus. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. Salvation is free, but it's not cheap. It comes at a cost. It comes at the cost of change. All of change has a price tag attached to it. However, many of us are unwilling to pay the price to change. And for those of you who say, I can't afford to change, Pastor Will, I can't afford to live a different life. I want to tell you, you can't afford not to. I can't afford to change. People will pick at me. People will talk about me. It doesn't matter if they talk about you. I've said it before and I'll ask it again. How many of us are popular on earth and unknown in heaven? These are strong questions. Why am I asking you this? Because I'm telling you, if you have the mindset, I can't afford to change, I'm telling you, you can't afford not to. And because of the sacrifice of Jesus, we can have a free relationship with God. And even though salvation is free, it's not cheap, it will cost you change. What's funny is that we have no problem working in sin, but we don't want to pay the price to change. You have no problem working in sin. I, I... Even at a stage in my life, in certain seasons of my life, I had no problem working in sin, but I had every problem paying the price of change. I didn't want to change. And I've heard people say this. It's not that people don't hate change. They hate the way people try to make them change. I just honestly believe people honestly hate change. It's too much work. It's too much effort. Let me ask you this. Do we actually want to change Are we willing to pay the price to change? Because Romans six twenty three says this: the payment for sin is death. I'm just stop right there for a moment. The payment for sin is death. That was the consequence. Go back and read your Bible, Genesis one. Adam and Eve sinned; death. They would have lived forever if sin never entered into the world. They would have lived forever. The payment of sin is death, but the gift of the gift that God freely gives is everlasting life found in Christ Jesus. Our Lord, meaning we have all worked in sin and death is minimum wage. We will pay for this life. But let me say it this way. Sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay. Number three, cost you more than you want to pay. Sin is expensive. It's expensive. And you may think, well, it's not expensive right now, but it is later on. Young people, listen to me because I can't go into details in it. the example. And you, um, Temporary moments, those of you that are like, what are you talking about? The ones that understand what I'm saying? I promise you, a um, temporary moment is not worth a permanent consequence. It's not worth it. Sin is expensive. And, and let's just be honest. There are certain sins, there are certain things that will cost you that's just not worth paying for. It's just not worth paying for. Again, for those of you that drive, you know speeding is not worth paying for. And some of you, you love to speed. You love not having your seatbelt. I love not wearing a seatbelt. I'll be honest, but I don't want to pay the ticket. It's not worth it. And after it happens, sin does what sin always does. It charges you more than you ever planned on paying. But it feels good right now, Pastor Will. I, I love it right now. I love the sensation. I love the pleasure. I love what it, I love, I love what it does for me. I love the people I hang around. I love how we you know we're a little bit of toxic. We're a little bit of hood, but we're a little bit of Jesus. We cuss a little bit, but we love God. I, I love it. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel, it makes me feel something. I'm telling you, it's not worth it. It's going to cost you something. Pastor Will, I'm just hanging around them right now. It's not that big of a deal. We're just just spending time together. And you've heard the statement before, but I feel like it warrants repeating. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Show me who you're dating, and I promise you, I can probably, I I hate to use the word prophesy, but I'll use the word predict where it's going to end up. It's not worth it. Sin does what it always does, but thank God there is no sin that grace can't afford. There is no sin that his blood can't purchase. There is no sin that can't, that's not covered by the blood of Jesus. What we did in sin, Jesus paid for on the cross. There's a price to being picked. And sadly enough, we tend to take for granted the things we don't pay for. Let's just be honest. We, we take for granted the things we don't pay for. For those of you that didn't pay for your car, you take it for granted because it's probably dirty and you don't put gas in it. And that little, that little light on there, that little warning light, you just this little light alone, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, that light you need to get fixed, you just you take it for granted. The clothes, the house, everything, if you didn't pay for it, you take it for granted. The reason I know this to be true, because the life that you didn't pay for, you take for granted. If you knew how many people I hang around, I talk to, I see that I'm, I'm in, that you're, the people that I know you're even connected to, if you just watch how they spend their life, I know they don't value it because they didn't pay for it. He died for people who killed him. Did you hear that? He died for the people who killed him. Pastor Will, well, it wasn't me. I, didn't, I wasn't there. I didn't kill Jesus. Yes, you did. Your sin did. Your sin did. Up until the moment you made the decision that you want to follow him, we helped. We helped kill Jesus. i prove it. Romans 5, it's the right time and die for an upright person. Sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person. Though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. What he's saying is somebody might be willing to die for good people, but he was willing to die for people that weren't good. He was willing to die for people that were, that were hurting him. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. While you were, sti- while you were still sinning, he already died for you. But Pastor Will, why is following Jesus so hard? Why is this thing called faith so hard? Because it's expensive. It's so expensive. And it will cost you change. The story we read earlier, and you, you may be thinking, Pastor Will, how are these stories connected? Well, I'm going to paraphrase it real quick. These Pharisees met together to plot how to trap Jesus into saying something that would get him arrested. This happened all throughout the three years of Jesus' life. They kept doing things to try to get Jesus arrested. And then they sent some of their disciples to meet with him and they said, we know you're an honest man. We know you're an honest teacher. You teach the word of God truthfully. You're you're not impartial. You don't got any favorites. You don't show favoritism. But then they get into this conversation, this debate, which really doesn't make sense. He says they tell they say, tell us what is right. Is it right for us to pay taxes to Caesar? It's a stupid question. It makes no sense. But Jesus, knowing their evil motive, says, you hypocrites. And he goes on. He says, why are you trying to trap me? The question has, Jesus is so good. He he acknowledges that they're trying to trap him. He calls them hypocrites, and he still answers the question. Still answers the question. He says, give me a coin. Give me me one of the coins. Give me one of the things. And then Jesus, as if he, I'm sure he probably never paid taxes because clearly he doesn't know what money is. He gets the coin. He's like, bro, who is this? says whose image and likeness is on this coin and you know again they're trying to trap him it's caesar's duh like you should know this and then jesus gives it back to him give to caesar what belongs to caesar but give to god what belongs to god it's a great answer because what you didn't read in verse 22 or what i didn't read is the last verse his reply amazed them and they went away the follow-up question, I believe they used some kind of deductive reasoning. I believe they understood where Jesus was going. The follow-up question should have been whose image, likeness, and name is on you. That should have been the follow-up question. Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, but give to God what belongs to God. Well, what belongs to God? And then Jesus doesn't say, give me a coin. He says, come here, give me you whose image and name and likeness is on you. It's found in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. That he made male and female. Side note, only two. Just put a pin in it and we'll keep going. He only made two. Male and female, he made them. In his image and His in his likeness, he created them. He formed them. It is on you. God's name is 24. It says, putting you, you are chosen. There is a price to being picked. Ephesians 4:24. It says, "Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy." Listen, you don't become better, you become brand new. You become brand new. When you become like Jesus, it's a renewed life. Again, I asked it earlier though, but but what belongs to God? The Bible tells us, Hebrews 2.10, everything belongs to God. And all things were created by his power. Psalm 24.1, the earth and everything on it, including its people, belongs to the Lord. The world and its people belong to him. You belong to God. Listen, even if you haven't followed him yet, you belong to him. That, that is the thing that makes hell so sad. There are people that belong to him in a place that wasn't created for him. That's what grieves the heart of God. And yet we have Christians who are so selfish with the gospel that you're unwilling to tell people of the price that he paid. It's a price to being picked. And if you accept that everything belongs to God, it's easy to return to him what's already his. That is what I settled in my life. I told you a little bit about my story two weeks ago and I realized, I was like, I'm going to settle in my life. I'm going to settle in my mind. I'm going to settle in my spirit that everything on earth belongs to God, including me. And once I, once I settled that thought in my mind, once I believed that in my heart, I was like, it's easy for me to give you my life now. Here, take my life. I literally prayed a prayer as simple as this. God, I give you everything I got and everything I'm not. It belongs to you. And now, 10 years later, I'm standing in front of young people, getting an opportunity to talk to about, to tell you about the price that he paid. Who belongs to God? Who do you belong to? 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. simple. You belong to God. Pastor Will, that said to the world earlier, yeah, but this verse says you belong to God. 1 Corinthians 7.23. Much like 1 Corinthians 6. God paid a high price for you, so don't be enslaved by the world. Don't be enslaved by the world. Number four, the chosen one chooses you. Uh, Pastor Will, I see what you tried to do there. Yeah, I, I want it to be easier to remember because this is the gospel. The chosen one chooses you. How? What do you mean? Isaiah 42, 1. Behold, my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring justice to the nations. He will bring healing to the nations. He, will br- he brings so much with him. Jesus is the chosen one of God. And guess what? The chosen one chooses you. In fact, I prove it John fifteen sixteen these are Jesus' words. You did not choose me. I chose you, and I didn't just choose you. I sent you out to produce fruit, the kind of fruit that will last, the kind of fruit that will last. knows your sin and he does God knows everything you've done, and he still calls you by name. He doesn't call you the mistake, he doesn't call you the accident. He doesn't call you the bad memory. He doesn't call you the the thing that you wish nobody knew about, including yourself. He doesn't call you any of those things, but he calls you by name. He knows your sin and still calls your name. Even still, he knows your name even when we still don't fully trust his. This is why... This is why we must come to the conclusion that following Jesus is an invitation, not a command. Talked about the cost of following Jesus, and he wasn't communicating that you got to pay to follow him. He was saying, following me is free. But once you take that first step, I wish I had the illustration. Say you're over here and this is the life you currently live. And you like this life. It's cool. It's easy. You wake up, eat, brush your teeth, go to school, maybe go to work, go home, football, practice, whatever, whatever you got to do, do some homework, go to sleep, probably stay up too late, then go to sleep, and then do it all over again. And that life is easy, and that's cool. I get it. I, I get it. And it you don't want to change. You don't want to shake that up a little bit. I, that's cool. But what he was saying is, it's the cost to follow me is free. Here's the issue. The moment you step away you realize everything you're leaving it's free to walk away but this is what we wrestle with i don't want to give that up and we do this can i just pick this up and bring it with me the reason he says carry your own cross cuz you need you need both hands to carry what he's giving you you can't carry everything else and carry your cross you got to leave something behind In order to carry your own cross. Because he says the phrase, I read it earlier, you got to carry your cross and count the cost. So he's saying the moment that you see the cross, the moment that you pick it up, the moment that you step away, you better start counting the cost. You got to leave this thing. You got to leave that thing. You got to leave those friends. You got to leave that website. You got to leave, you know, that that thing that, you know, you like to steal. Most people don't know you like to steal. You got sticky fingers. You got to leave that. You got to leave it. Here's why I'm telling you this. Because number five, before God created the world, he chose you. Before he created the world, he chose you. Pastor Will, I need some Bible for that. That's great. I'm glad you said that. Deuteronomy 7, 6. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. Pastor Will, he's talking about the Israelites. I know, but 1 Peter 2, 9 talks about you. But here's the thing. Ephesians 1, 4 says long ago, even before he made the world, God chose you to be his very own through what Jesus would do for us. But what I want to tell you, value, you may think you have nothing to offer. You may think you don't have anything that he wants, but what I want to tell you is that all you have is today. Today is the most valuable thing you have. Right now is the most valuable thing you have. Remember, we talked about it earlier. Price is what you pay, but value is what you're worth. And what you have that's of worth today is time. What you have that is worth today is your yes, is a decision. In fact, there's this quote. I want to say it to you real quick. It's by this guy named Oscar Wilde. He says, these days, everyone knows the price of everything and the value of nothing. Everyone knows the price of everything and the value of nothing. Nothing. The reason I think this is funny is because most people spend more time on their excuses than their execution. They spend more time on talking about why they won't follow God instead of actually following God. And they say things like this because some of you have done it. Last year you said you would change this year. You, I, I know you did. Last year, this year is going to be different. You said that last year. Here's, here's another thing you said. Yesterday you said you were going to change tomorrow. Well, it's tomorrow. Today is right now. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna change. I'm gonna change tomorrow. That's what some of you are saying right now. This is, I hear it, but tomorrow I'm gonna make the decision. Tomorrow I get a fresh start. Tomorrow is when I'm gonna follow Jesus. The most valuable thing you have is right now. Someday I'm gonna give my life right. Someday. One day I'm gonna give my life to Jesus. One day I'm gonna sell out. One day I'm gonna be for real about this Jesus thing. One day. Some of you, this is yours. This is yours. Back in the day, I remember when I was devoted. I remember when I was really following Jesus. It was, you know, for some of you, you're not that old. It was like three weeks ago. But I remember three weeks ago, I was sold out, Pastor. We all were serious. But what about today? What about right now? Because today is the most valuable thing you have to give. The cost of change is the price of today. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. Indeed, the right time is right now. Indeed, the right time is right now. Today is the day of salvation. Listen, life is not measured in moments, in minutes, excuse me, it's measured in moments. Right now in this moment, you can make that decision. Mark chapter 8 says, and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Y'all know throughout the series we've been—we uh, started. We quoted Isaiah forty-three, one. So I'm going to ask with heads bowed and eyes closed as I get ready to do a salvation invitation. I'm going to read these verses over you. I'm going to simplify them. Isaiah forty-three, one through seven. Some of you, this—this you, this is good for you. Isaiah forty-three, one through seven says, listen to the Lord who created you. For I have reformed you, says, do not be afraid. For I have ransomed you. I already paid the price. I paid for you. I bought you with a high price. I purchased you with my blood. And not only have I ransomed you, I have called you by name. And not only have I called you by name. Young man, not only have I called you by name, young woman, I say you are mine. You belong to me. Everything on the earth belongs to God, but you belong to me. You are my prized possession. And then he says, I'll be with you. I believe the Holy Spirit is saying right now, I'm not, i not, I'll not only be with you, I'm with you right now. In fact, his name reveals his nature. Where he says, I'll be with you, that's the name Emmanuel. It means God is with us. He's with us right now in this moment. He says, I'll be with you. For some of you, you got to feel the closeness. He's right beside you right now. He says, for I am the Lord your God. I am the Holy One. I am the Savior. I am Jesus. He says, I gave Jesus as a ransom for your freedom. I gave myself in your place. I gave in exchange for you. I traded my life for your life because you are precious to me. You are honored, and I love you. Again, head still bowed, eyes still closed. He's saying to you right now, I love you this much. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will gather you from all over the world. Bring my sons and my daughters back from all over the earth. May they repent. Bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory. You are made for his glory. It was I who created you.